Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show. Hope you're all staying safe out there on the roadways, even though it's not raining. I went through probably the thickest fog that I've driven through in my entire life. I haven't driven through that much thick fog in my life, <laughs> but it was crazy. It was crazy getting up here on 280 North, but good morning, everybody. I want to talk about that Braves and Astros World Series because uh, I admitted to you on the front end when the series started that I hadn't watched the first couple of games. But then, as time went on and you had a little more free time, started paying attention to it a little bit more. And the way that the Braves built that team, what they went through this season, was fascinating. And I thought last night's game, as they got the 7-0 win over the Astros winning their first World Series title since 1995, back when those Braves teams were so dominant, winning 14 straight division titles or whatever that record number is, which is just insane. But uh, there are a couple of things from that game I did find to be interesting. But it's overall the build of the team. Now, before we do get to that, there's plenty more to get to as well. Later on in the show, going to talk a little bit about the Henry Ruggs situation and what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders and just going to say my piece on it. There's only so much anyone can say about it anymore, but I will get to that later on in the show. And then I'll have my top five most exciting players to watch in the National Basketball Association because... We got two of them going tonight with Steph Curry and LaMelo Ball, and I've already introduced two of those guys on my list. And that's what you get at 5.02 in the morning. But let's get to the Braves and the Astros. Now, if you remember this season, the Braves went through something that nobody, no team, no fan ever wants to go through. And that is seeing your young star player 
and and this is just this is just baseball fans in general seeing a young star go down with an injury and him having to be out for the season. That happened to the Braves with Ronald Acuna. But also, that happened with Mike Soroka, who was their starting pitcher, their ace, their young up-and-coming guy, and he ended up re-tearing his Achilles after he'd just come back and being out all of the previous season. So you had those two guys, your number one pitcher in Mike Soroka and your number one position player in Ronald Acuna, both out for the season. And I can't imagine what Braves fans were reacting. I can't imagine how they were reacting at the time. I, I, I imagine it was season's over, season's done. There's no point in even paying attention in any, to any baseball anymore. But as the season went on and you're getting into the summer, you realize that this division that you're in, the Central, not very good. Not very good this year. We can beat out these teams like the Phillies. The Mets, don't know what's going on with the Mets right now. Apparently their owner, Steve Cohen, doesn't like the way the lineup's being played and he's mouthing off on Twitter. You got the Miami Marlins who are, well, the Miami Marlins. And then you got the Washington Nationals who just haven't done anything since their World Series title. So you're thinking, oh wow, we can actually win this division. And so the Braves, now, normally at the trade deadline, you'd feel like you have to trade a ton of your top prospects, but they didn't do it all by the deadline. They did it all leading up to the deadline because the Braves, they ended up trading a prospect in Bryce Ball, a first baseman for Jock Peterson from the Cubs. They traded Pablo Sandoval and Cash for Eddie Rosario over to Cleveland. They traded catcher Alex Jackson for Adam Duvall. And they traded a prospect pitcher, Casey Kalich, for Jorge Soler, who ended up winning World Series MVP. And we'll get to Soler in just a second. And they also acquired Stephen Vogt and then Richard Rodriguez as well. You make all those moves, that's the type of thing... And that's the reason why they ended up getting this win in the World Series. Because all of those guys showed out. Eddie Rosario had a league leading three or excuse me, a team leading three eighty batting average in this postseason. We already know what Jorge Soler did. Uh, Adam Duvall had a couple of big-time home runs. He had three home runs and ten RBIs overall in the postseason. Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson, I mean, he ended up, it, it, it ended up getting called Jocktober. And excuse me, did I say the Central? I meant the East, my bad. It ended up getting called Jocktober. <laughs> like, that's where we were at when it came to October. A couple of pinch hit home runs. I mean, everything that they did, it's not a conventional way to win a World Series. You know, I think they were hoping to do it the more old-fashioned way, which was... Hey, we have our star, Freddie Freeman. We built the team around him. The team has stunk with Freddie Freeman for a majority of the time. Now we get some prospects. We bring them up. We got Ozzy Albies. We got Fre- uh, we got Ronald Acuna. We got Mike Fultonevich. We got Mike Soroka. Okay, now it's looking like we're going to do something here. We added Charlie Morton in free agency. 
And then those guys go down and it forces them to make a ton of trades by the deadline because they realize they can win the National League East, not the National League Central, the National League East, and then they were able to do this last night against the Houston Astros. Smith, the 0-2. Left side, Swanson to first. Credit Fox for the audio. And a couple of takeaways from the series overall. It was relatively entertaining. Uh, but that game yesterday, that's the one. The game six where everything's riding on it. And the Astros just didn't make it competitive. They didn't even make it competitive. And you felt like the game was lost in the third inning when Soler did this. <laughs> the, the shots of the Astros fans. The crowd. I, I mean, it was... I'm not gonna lie, it's you know, it's, when it's not your team, it is it's 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 funny. You start to laugh whenever you see them on screen. I know it's sad for the Astros fans, but when Solaire did this and seeing the looks on the faces of all the Astros fans over there in Houston, wow. High fly ball to left and good bye. Solaire with a monster blast into left, and the Braves lead three nothing here in the third. In in and the part to me that's really cool about that is when we look back in those times with the Giants, we always look back at the three home runs from Pablo Sandoval, right? The one to the, the one to me that sticks out is always the one where somehow the camera, and I, I give the director of that broadcast from the 2012 World Series a lot of credit, somehow the camera was able to get to Justin Verlander right on time for him to just turn around at center field and say, wow. You know, you have those moments. You have the Travis Ishikawa walk-off home run in the NLCS to lead the Giants to the World Series. You have the moment of the Buster Posey home run in that 18-inning game. There's a lot that you have to look back on. And one of those moments we saw last night with that Solaire home run, that is one where... On November 2nd, November 2nd from here on out, here's how it's going to go in sports radio in Atlanta. From November 2nd on, every year, it's going to be, oh, this is the anniversary of the Braves winning that World Series, all headlined by the Solaire home run. And I think that's pretty damn cool. I think that's cool. When you when you see a moment like that, you know it's you know it's iconic, and it's one that we're going to be uh, looking back on. And then, of course, Soler would go on to win the uh, World Series MVP for hitting three home runs in the series. So, shout out to Soler, and that's a dude who I'm glad is getting the spotlight now because Soler's always been uh, a powerful right-handed bat. You know, a guy who can hit with. Just so much strength and so much swag, too. The way that he looked at the bench and he knew that it was gone right away, as did everybody, including Joe Buck. I mean, as soon as the ball left the bat. But the fact that Solaire was with the Royals for a long time, after winning a championship with the Cubs early, Cubs early on in his career, but then he was with the Royals from 2017 all the way up to this season, and if you're Salvador Perez, that's really the only Royal that you've heard of, but Soler has just been hitting non-stop home runs, and he was the home run leader in 2019, and no one even knew who he was, and now people do. I think that's pretty cool. 
I think that's pretty cool. And one other thing that I saw, and I don't know uh, how, and I, and I spoke about Jocktober. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how he'd feel to be on this list because when you are now, now Jock was the ninth person in history in Major League Baseball history to win back to back World Series with two different teams. Which may seem cool. You know, anytime you're put on one of these lists, uh, any anytime you're put on one of these lists, you think, oh man, I'm going to be up there with the likes of you know, oh, Mickey Mantle or, or, or Babe Ruth. I don't know, somebody like that. I mean, for example, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton in, in uh, was it game one? Of the finals last year, it, it had to. I think it was Game One because that's when the Suns got started off to a hot start. Everyone thought the Bucks were out of it. Then the Bucks came back and won. Uh, but when DeAndre Ayton in Game One had the game that he had, he had like a, a, a twenty-two point eighteen rebound game, something like that. He was the first player since like Wilt Chamberlain to accomplish that feat in a finals game. And it's like, wow, that's a that's an impressive list that you're there with. But Jock Peterson like I said, is the ninth person to win two straight World Series, but both with different teams. And on this list, Ben Zobrist for the 2015 Royals and the 2016 Cubs. Jake Peavy with the 2013 Red Sox and the 2014 Giants. Ryan Terrio with the 2011 Cardinals and the 2012 Giants. And then you go back a little bit, Hall of Famer Jack Morris with the 91 Twins and the 92 Blue Jays. Don Gullett with the 76 Reds and the 77 Yankees. Bill Scowron? Scowron? With the 62 Yankees and the 63 Dodgers. Clem Labine with the 59 Dodgers and the 60 Pirates. And then Ali Clark with the 47 Yankees and the 48 Indians. So, you know, it's cool that he's the ninth player in Major League Baseball history to do that. But I don't know. When you're put on one of those lists, you expect to be put with people that are going to go down as one of the greatest players in baseball, and instead you're on the list with Ryan Terrio. <laughs> that's just that's just hating. That's just hating. Look, uh, overall, I wasn't really a big fan of Jock Peterson when he, was with, uh, when he was with the Dodgers, and then when I went to a Giants and Cubs game earlier on this year, he was enemy number one when he was, in the, when he, when he was with the Cubs. He understood his role. He understood the assignment, as the kids say. I and mean, now seeing him win the World Series and seeing how uh, excited he was, he seems like a pretty cool dude, pretty cool teammate to have. So shout-out to Palo Alto's own, jo- own Jock Peterson. Shout-out to the Braves. Shout-out to Brian Snitker. Shout-out to Freddie Freeman. Really happy for Freddie Freeman. Finally, he got the glory that he so deserves because he's played the game um, with joy, with a smile on his face, and he's, ne- he's never complained. You know, he's never been one of those stars that's full of himself, so I'm really happy for him, happy for Ozzie Albies, uh, happy for their young guy, Ian Anderson, who was fantastic yesterday. I, I mean, just all of them, all of them. I, I think that it's just a... It's just a it's just a great great uh, great story here, and if you really look at how their season panned out, I don't think any Braves fan expected to be where they're at, especially with being an eighty eight win team in the regular season. All right, coming up next, I'm gonna get to something a little uh, less joyful to talk about, but I will uh, I do want to share some thoughts on Henry Ruggs and what happened yesterday and, and, and everything surrounding it because we did get some updates as of last night. So I do want to get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. As the big voice guy said. And of course, you can always feel free to weigh in at 888-957-9570. And going from talking about the... uh, the Braves winning the World Series for the first time since 1995. Transitioning to this next topic is is never easy. There's no easy way to transition to it. But I do want to uh, just share my thoughts on Henry Ruggs and what happened yesterday. Because the timeline of everything that was going down, uh, it was, you know, it was jarring. It was... Um, you, you see the report early on, and it, you know if you're like me and you're a and you're a, a Raider fan, you tend to follow people who are over there in Vegas, and you know they 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 all they just they spend their entire lives on Twitter, right? Like that's all they do. And you're seeing a bunch of stuff with Henry Ruggs, and I saw Henry Ruggs was trending, and this was at about. I, this had to have been nine fifteen, nine twenty in the morning when I saw it, and I was thinking, "Huh, why is he trending?" And then I saw that there was speculation that he was involved in this DUI in which there was a fatality, and you know, a lot of people are putting 
side-by-side photos of his car compared to the car that was involved in the crash. And a lot of people are just saying it's speculation. People are just trying to make stuff up and, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And then come to find out, TMZ reports it. TMZ reports that Henry Ruggs was the one who was involved in this accident. And then as time goes on, you learn that the fatality was a 23-year-old and the passenger inside of Ruggs's car was his girlfriend. And it just, you know, knowing that Ruggs is 22 years old and knowing the victim was 23 years old just ultimately made this uh, made this story more heartbreaking. And I don't really know what more there is to say about it other than it's just a tragic, sad, sad story. Um, you know, I just feel awful for all the all the families involved you know i mean i mean with the family of the victim the family for henry ruggs i believe he just had a baby girl i i don't know um what's to come of that i, I don't know how it's going to impact that but i feel bad that ruggs decided that it was a good idea to drive while impaired and you know and and seeing Henry I'm not going to act like I know Henry Ruggs but seeing the 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 press conferences and reading all this stuff about him he seems to be a pretty stand-up guy and I just think we're really quick to jump to the conclusion um that he's ultimately a bad person and whatever happens to him because according to Nevada state law now I'm not I'm not a lawyer <laughs> you know I can't I I I'm not going to act like I know about this stuff off the top of my head but after doing a little uh, research into it apparently in Nevada if you do get convict if he does get convicted because he has yet to get convicted as of right now um uh, but if he does and when he does, because the fact that the Raiders released him last night, that just proves that the evidence is just way too overwhelming. Um, but he could serve two to 20, two years to 20 years. I know that's a very wide range, but um, that's what he's facing. And it doesn't look like probation is an option in Nevada. So it looks like he's going to jail. And, um, and that's not to say that he isn't deserving of it, because the action that... Uh, that happened, uh, he, 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 the decision that he made, you, there are consequences for those actions, and the consequence is absolutely well-deserved, but it, it, it's just, and, and not well-deserved, but it, it's just, I'm not going to make any sweeping ju- judgments about who he is. I just know that a 23-year-old lost her life. A 22-year-old was on the up-and-up. Dude was the number one wide receiver for the team. Um, finally coming into his own with all the slander on his name last season, being the first wide receiver taken in a wide receiver heavy draft. Uh, he finally started to prove that he was worth that 12th overall pick and starting to create that connection with Derek Carr. And then all of a sudden it just gets taken away. And it just, I think this is a, a lesson for a lot of people because you know, me being 28 years old, I started to look back and think back to my time when I was 22, 23, and that was a time for me where I'm where I'm thinking to myself, okay, now it's really time to get my life sorted out. Now it's really time to start planning for my future and 
seeing who I can really become. And that's a point where, you know, I ended up getting hired by the radio station and worked my way up to mornings. And, and now I'm, now I'm right here, but, um, you know, it's just to think they have their whole lives ahead of them. And, you know, it's not to say one life was ruined more than the other because someone died in this incident, but also for Henry Ruggs, this dude, I mean, it's, you know, the the rest of his career probably ruined in the NFL. I don't expect that he's going to be coming back. Uh, his life has just completely changed, completely altered, all due to one decision. And I think it's a a, a lesson for people who just turned 21 and can go out drinking and do all these different things. Just get a ride. Get a ride, please. Pay $20 and and get yourself home and don't get behind the wheel. I think that's really um, where this is, what the lesson is here. And I don't understand with athletes because the triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line and the phone number from the seven zero seven. I never understand why these people with money drive themselves drunk, get a damn limo or a bus. It's absolute stupidity. And I agree with you. Just take an Uber or hire a driver. I don't understand why. These guys even don't have drivers everywhere. If I was, you know, if I had a lot of money, I'd have someone driving me everywhere. I wouldn't want to drive, you know? And and now seeing this story, it's just all just so tragic. And, you know, you can imagine when you see the words that he slammed into the back of the Toyota. And if you look at the pictures, you can only assume that he was going at a very high speed and clearly just didn't see what was happening in front of him, and then at the same time, feeling like it's a good decision to to drive even with your girlfriend in the front seat. It just, and, and Henry Ruggs, it's not like he woke up and decided, okay, I'm going to go out tonight, I'm going to drive drunk, and I'm going to take somebody's life. I don't think Henry Ruggs decided to do that. And, and it just proves that this could happen at any instant. At any instant. And I, I think that, you know, Jail time is going to happen for him. I think the jail time is going to happen for him, and it's just, it's sad. It's sad for all parties involved, but especially uh, for the victim, the 23-year-old. It's just everything with it, everything with it. And then I also um, just look back on the, the Raider team, and, you know, I feel for guys like Josh Jacobs, who was originally a teammate with Henry Ruggs. I feel for Derek Carr, who had his, despite him clearly not being a good person, but he had his head coach, John Gruden, who he had built up this relationship for the past three years, worked hard to build this relationship with, just vanish. Then this guy, Henry Ruggs, who, you know, didn't do well in his first year and created that connection in the second year, and Derek Carr's thinking, you know, I got my number one receiver now. It never felt like in in Carr's career so far, he's had that number one guy. You could say Amari Cooper was that guy, but if you look back on that time, I mean, Michael Crabtree, it seemed like he was more, it, it, it felt like he was more comfortable throwing to Michael Crabtree than he was to Amari Cooper. So he never had that number one receiver, and it felt like he was creating that with Ruggs. So I feel for him, too. I feel for the team and everything that they've gone through, because it seemed like Ruggs was a good teammate. Everyone liked him. It just just brutal, man. Just just brutal to read all of that. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was made really uncomfortable because, of course, the trade deadline was at whatever, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And, and, and um, when the trade deadline was going to hit, everyone is thinking, 
you know, in the back of their minds, of course, it's it's just, well, are the Raiders going to trade for a wide receiver? But I was made very uncomfortable because as soon as the news got surfaced, uh, as soon as the news surfaced, you know, a lot of fans feel like they have to chime in, and it's their right. They have the free speech. It's their it's their Twitter, but. A lot of Raider fans feel the need to chime in and say, well, who are the Raiders going to get? Who are they going to trade for? And it's just like, can't we take a second here? Can't we just take a minute and not tweet? Just for just for an hour. Just for an hour. Because if you tweet that stuff out, then people are going to come down your road and you're going to spend all day defending yourself and it's just not going to be a good look. It's just... I, I I don't get it, and you know it's it's they'll they'll say well if you don't like what I'm saying if you don't like hearing the truth then unfollow me yeah I'll happily do that I will happily do that now because it's not your job to you know state the obvious it, it's it's not like you're saying anything revolutionary here when you're saying oh yeah we lost the number one wide receiver let's find a way to trade for one it had to be put out into the ethos no it didn't. No, it didn't. Can't you just take a minute and just think about the fact that three, and not only three lives, three lives were involved in the incident, one of which was a fatality, but then also the Ruggs family and, and, and everything. Just everything's going to change for him. Everything's going to change. And seeing that happen, just it, it, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. Look, I, I, don't, uh, I don't have much more to say on it. Um, I, I think that... You know, there's only so much you can say. The Raiders ended up releasing him, and um, whatever punishment he gets, he deserves because that decision was not a good one, and that decision ended up taking somebody's life. But, you know, it's just what more is there to really say about that? What more is there there really to say about it, you know? It's when you you really just think about everything – uh, that happened in, in in that one moment, that one moment where he was just so it, it was just so oblivious to what was going on around him and not thinking, you know, I could ruin my career and possibly my life and then ruin and take somebody else's life just driving that night. I, I just terrible, just terrible. All right, coming up next. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. There's no way, easy way to transition. We're going to go to break. Going to talk a little basketball on the other side because we do have uh, the Warriors and the Hornets tonight. Plus, I want to get to some sound from yesterday from Bi- Brian Baldinger regarding the NFL and regarding the 49ers. So I want to get to all that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. I want to continue to talk a little football here. I want to get to the 49ers because, you know, I, I, I said my piece on Henry Ruggs and, and everything that happened. Uh, if you want, you can go to the Odyssey app, use the Rewind feature, like 95.7 The Game, download the podcast, do all those different things. You could use the Rewind feature and go back to 515 because uh, I just talked for 10 minutes about it. But other than that, there was a trade deadline in the NFL. And my goodness, very uneventful. Very uneventful. I thought that... I thought the I thought somebody was going to get traded. <laughs> somebody. Now the Niners did pick up Omenahu from the Texans, who has a lot of potential. 
And, you know, we'll see what happens there. He's just there for depth because he's already had more pressures than Arden Key and Samson Ebukam already have had. <laughs> like, he has more pressures than them both combined. So they, they address that. But one position that they didn't address that I thought they should have yesterday was cornerback. I didn't know who they were going to try and try and get. I didn't know if Xavier Howard was going to be the play. I know they already gave up first-rounders for the next couple of years because of the Trey Lance trade, but I thought they were going to at least try to get somebody in the secondary while Jaquaski Tart is hurt. Jimmy Ward is going to be out for the next one to two weeks with an injury. Uh, Josh Norman is your starting cornerback with Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. And then you got Kwan Williams in the slot, and Kwan Williams is probably the best player among that secondary. And now you're bringing in Telenoa Hufanga, who has looked good in some games, but also he hasn't looked good in the times that he has been involved. He hasn't had that, you know, uh, 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 as far as volume of snaps, he hasn't had a heavy-duty workload so far this season. Last game against Chicago is when we uh, really saw it, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's all over the field. But also, we still need to see what he looks like in coverage and all those different things. So I thought the 49ers were at least going to make a move there. But one thing that is apparent right now, it's that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your starting quarterback, at least for this week to come. Now, I don't know if anyone has, I don't know if any Cardinals fans have ever waited for a injury report, a Wednesday injury report, like they're waiting for the one this morning. Because every Cardinals fan right now is waiting to see if Kyler Murray is going to be the starting quarterback. Because if Kyler Murray is not your starting quarterback, then Colt McCoy is. And at that point, I am putting the Niners up on top. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win ultimately. But I, I think that uh Garoppolo's your starter at least for this week and then probably for the game against the Rams too. He's bought himself a couple of more weeks. But one of the comments that made the rounds yesterday on this station was something that Damon had said on Monday. Now I'm not gonna replay the entire cup for you, but essentially what he said was if I'm a 49er fan, which he's not, but he said that I'd rather see the 49ers lose with Trey Lance than win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And when Brian Baldinger was asked about that yesterday on the morning roast after we played the clip to him, here's what his answer was. Well, I mean it's a fair summary by Damon. Uh you know, I wouldn't criticize him because it's probably true. But you know, the players want the best player to play. Like, I was in Chicago this summer and everybody was saying Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. The players knew Justin Fields was way more talented. And so, that was to me, that was just a matter of time. Like, you can't convince me yet, especially after Trey's performance against Arizona and just how they beat the hell out of him. You know, and then he got banged up, so he wasn't really ready for the Colts. I want to see him be able to protect himself a little bit better than Mm -hmm. he did in that game. You know, there's certain things I got to see. The players want the best player at each position out there. Whether it's the future or whether it's just let's just win today because players just want to win today they just want a good feeling on monday that they did something good they can celebrate together and if you start stacking enough of them pretty you start to feel invincible after a while and you play better than your talent level and that happened two years ago so you hear him say that and he says you know he's probably right and brian baldinger he's you know very he speaks his mind Right, he speaks his mind. I mean, yesterday on the roast, he said that Nick Bosa was invisible in that game against Chicago, despite the two sacks. He thought Nick Bosa was invisible in that game, and 
to be honest with you, it made me rethink myself as a football watcher. Because, you know, you got this guy who played in the league for years and has been an analyst for a while and has watched the tape. I mean, to me, it felt like Nick Bosa was making an impact outside of those sacks, but he even said he was invisible. And he has been a proponent saying, you know, Garoppolo might give you the chance to win, but also you want to give Trey Lance the reps. It's He's been very back and forth, and I don't know... If uh, and, and I'm just speculating here. I don't know how much Baldy truly believes that Garoppolo is the guy. And with that statement saying they need to get the best player on the field, or at least the better player at that position, right now, you know, as long as you get Brandon Ayuk out there along with Debo Samuel, your two top wide receivers are out on the field. Uh, George Kittle, your number one tight end, he's out there. Kyle Juszczyk, now granted there's not many other options there, but you want your best players on the field. And I wonder how long moving forward it'll be until, um, you know, there's a possibility that Trey Lance comes in. And looking back on that game and watching some of the highlights and watching every one of Jimmy's throws, he looked good. He looked okay, but I think we've just been so... um, blinded uh, you know by bad quarterback play that we don't really know what an elite quarterback game looks like and we felt like that was a you know the 322 yards even though 83 of them were on a screen pass that 50 yard pass he had to Debo and you know of course the one deep shot on the second play of the game to Ayuk that was incomplete well after all those were the only two deep shots that he took and other than that it just looked like a Garoppolo game in which it, it, it just looked like a Garoppolo game in which he did what Garoppolo does on a good day, which is he hits guys on the crossing routes. The outside of the numbers, he's still not able to hit outside the numbers very well. Uh, you know, he didn't have any touchdown passes, and he did have a couple of run plays, which you know everyone is saying that those were designed uh, for Trey Lance, and they're running those with Jimmy. How many? We've seen that before. It's nothing new. Jimmy running the football in for a touchdown. We've seen we've seen Jimmy do that before. No one has questioned his toughness, but it's just his ability throwing the football. Now he has the quick release, but also the the fact that he rarely heaves it past 15 yards. I think that says something. And when Peter King said this yesterday on Damon and Ratto as he joined him for his weekly conversation, as we know, Deshaun Jackson was put on waivers, and if he clears waivers, which he most likely will, then he'll become a free agent. And that's set to happen tomorrow on Thursday. And Deshaun Jackson formerly of the Rams. We know Deshaun Jackson. I don't have to give you I don't have to give you a whole bio on him. We know who Deshaun Jackson is. And Peter King said yesterday on the program uh talking about Deshaun Jackson that if you go after him, he needs to be a part-time weapon. If I were a team looking to maximize Deshaun Jackson in my offense, I would say, "Okay, you're going to play 20 snaps a game." And because we simply are not going to risk having you show up playing a 55-snap game in three weeks and, you know, on the 52nd snap, ripping your hamstring. He has been an injury-prone guy. If you sign Deshaun Jackson, in my opinion, you sign him to be a part-time weapon. And if you do that and you're realistic about him, I think he could really bring some good rewards. And I just don't – I don't know if – 
Deshaun Jackson's going to be to the, the guy that they go after if Jimmy Garoppolo's your quarterback. Because if he's going to be just your part-time weapon where he just runs go-routes, which is what Deshaun Jackson can do, I, I understand that he's injury-prone. Peter King is Peter King, Peter King's right on that. I mean, he had a crazy start to the season when he returned back to the Eagles with Carson Wentz, and then he ended up getting injured along with what felt like everyone else on their team. I think like Alshon Jeffrey went down and everyone on that Eagles team, but... If you're having Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback, then I don't necessarily see them going after a guy like Deshaun Jackson. Should they have traded for a wide receiver like everybody wanted? I don't know at this point because yesterday's trade deadline had me completely fooled. Completely fooled. I thought... You know, I thought Fletcher Cox could have been an option for uh, for the Niners. You know, they need some guys on the inside, some interior pressure. I know you'd have to give up a little bit to get him, but Fletcher Cox from the Eagles. He's 30 years old, and he's really good on the inside. The only problem is that he cost a lot against the salary cap, and I don't know how much of that the 49ers could have afforded. It would have set them back a little bit, and maybe, you know, uh, it maybe would have affected them next season for not paying somebody that they possibly want to pay or even this year who knows what's going to happen this year they can give an extension to anybody but I thought there were at least going to be some moves made there weren't any I thought Allen Robinson was going to be on the move from Chicago the guy who has not found a quarterback that's actually any good can you imagine being Allen Robinson as a wide receiver and you're getting and you're you're getting Blake Bortles, and then you know you're on your way to a team that is with Mitch Trubisky, and then you have a head coach who decides that Andy Dalton is worth starting over Justin Fields, and then when Justin Fields does end up getting some playing time, it looks like the connection just isn't there. Can you imagine being Allen Robinson this morning? He probably was hoping for a trade from the Chicago Bears and knowing what it's going like over there, especially since they just lost to the Niners. And just as much as this was an important game to Niner fans, think about this. The way that we were viewing it was, look, if they get this win, then we're good. We're there in the NFC. We are right there. We could still contend for a wild card spot. We're not really up there with the top five teams, but with Jameis going down, I don't know if the Saints are going to be the same five and two team for the rest of the season. A lot can change uh, for the rest of the year. We can we can work our way up there. And Bears fans were feeling that exact same way if they would have gotten a win, but instead they lost. And at that point, the type of radio that they're having in Chicago about the Bears, which They've had for quite a while. But that's the type of radio we would have had over here. The type of radio we would have had over here. From the 209, DeAndre Hopkins was Allen Robinson early in his career. 100% true. 100% true. Look what happens when you find a quarterback instead of playing with Tom Savage. You remember that? Tom Savage? From the 408, if the 49ers sign him and he gets hurt, are we surprised? Look at Sherman in Tampa. Everyone knew it was a matter of time before he hurt himself. From the 415 also, who is Deshaun Jackson? Credibility? No, he's a guy who has proven that he could still beat out the secondary. The difference between him and Richard Sherman is, and I understand your point, this is this is talking apples to orange here, oranges here, 408, because you're talking about Sherman being injury prone. But another risk that they were signing with Sherman is... He's not as fast as he used to be. He has to use, you know, his IQ, his football IQ in order to cover guys instead of just using his athleticism. But no matter how old Deshaun Jackson gets, it appears, 
he can still beat out any guys in the secondary. And I don't doubt that even though he'll probably pull a hamstring or do something after four weeks, I do believe that Deshaun Jackson can outrun a secondary until he's 60. I, 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 I truly believe that. But when you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I don't. I just don't think there's a point. So there's, you know, they they signed that, they they made that move for Omenahu, um at the edge. I'm looking forward to see what he can do. But the same stuff that I saw about Arden Key and Samson Ebukam, all the potential that they have. Well, it's the same thing with Omenahu. The only difference is Omenahu's a little younger, not so much as not so much than Arden Key, but a little bit more than Ebukam. So I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. But you know what? This team, I really don't believe that it's that bad of a roster overall. I just thought they needed help in the secondary. I just thought they needed help in the secondary, and that's really it. That's really it. All right. Let's transition to a little Warriors here because we do have the Warriors and the Hornets tonight. And I do have my top five list of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA because it was Wednesday and two of the players going tonight are on that list. But real quick, here's Steve Kerr talking about a plan for Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga, the rookie, started out hurt. We didn't really see him too much. And then we saw him on Saturday for a little bit of time in the uh, in the fourth quarter when the game was over. But here is Steve Kerr talking about the plan for Jonathan Kaminga. He's going to have to put in the work and earn, earn the minutes that he gets. Um, it's very rare for the seventh pick to go to a team that's pretty good. And so uh, it's a different set of circumstances for him than it is for, uh, say, the guys, you know, drafted on either either side at six and eight. Um, you know, they're going to teams that are in rebuilding positions and they're going to play more. So he and I have talked about that. He understands that. And that's all part of his road and his journey. So uh, he just has to keep working and his time will come. But but can I can I just I'm going to say this. OK, there's some things that, you know, probably shouldn't be said, but I'm going to say it anyway, because this is something I've noticed so far after the eight games that the Orlando Magic have played this year. If you have been tired of the James Wiseman and LaMelo Ball conversation, because we're getting that now. We're getting that when the, when the, whenever the Warriors play the Hornets, we're always going to get that LaMelo versus Wiseman conversation. And quite frankly, I don't even think it's a conversation anymore. I think it's pretty clear that LaMelo Ball has solidified himself into an NBA starter. Now, how'd he, now, if I had to, put my place in that argument, I'd say that if LaMelo Ball would have come to the Warriors, I think that LeVar would have been mad that he wasn't made the starter as soon as he was over there in Charlotte, because Charlotte did not have as much depth at the guard position as the Warriors had, at least as much veteran presence as the Warriors had, along with Steph Curry there. So I think it was, they're a little bit different circumstances, and we still have yet to wait for Wiseman to see what he could do on the court. But you know the next conversation that's going to be coming up right the next we should have drafted this guy conversation but i played that cut from steve kerr about jonathan kaminga and he has plenty of time plenty of time kaminga i mean he's (laughs) barely even 20 years old yet like kaminga has a lot of time to work (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, this man is 19, and he just turned 19 on uh, on the 6th. So excuse me, I actually thought it was just his 20th birthday. It was his 19th birthday. So we got plenty of time, and he was assigned to the G League. We're not going to see it in the NBA for a while. But one guy who was drafted right behind him, and no, I'm not talking about Josh Giddy because Josh Giddy was drafted in front of him, but Franz Wagner for the Orlando Magic He's 20 years old, and right now, the dude is balling. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's averaging 16 points a game. I mean, this dude is legit by the looks of it. And they took Kaminga at 7, while the Magic took Franz Wagner at 8. And, you know, quite frankly, Magic fans, I'm sure, are sitting there going, we probably should have taken Wagner uh, Wagner instead of Jalen Suggs earlier. We would have had both of them anyway. (laughs) You know? But I think that... uh, I think that that conversation is bound to happen. So I'm just putting it out there right now on November 3rd. That conversation won't be happening at least until January. I'm talking about it two minutes, or excuse me, two months prior to when we can actually talk about that sort of stuff. But it's the next conversation coming. Mark my words, we should have taken Franz Wagner over Jonathan Kaminga. (laughs) Like, like, that's the next conversation. I don't really buy into those hypotheticals too much because you never know. You never know with these guys. But Franz Wagner's looking like a pretty decent player. Looking like a pretty decent player. But now we are going to be seeing a couple of decent players on the court with Steph Curry on the Warriors and LaMelo Ball on the other end. And that leads me to my most exciting players to watch in the NBA. From the 4015, is there going to be a five-second Oubre video tribute tonight? <laughs> a five second Oubre tribute video where it's just all Miss Dunks. You know, standing in the corner, he gets a nice pass. And he doesn't even cut, so he's just standing there at the three-point line, then decides that he's not going to take the shot, so instead he tries to go in for the dunk and ends up missing it. They're just gonna show a five-second montage of that one play of Kelly Oubre's time. I mean, I don't know if you heard me on this. If you ever heard me on this show, I was actually kind of an Ubre apologist, uh, just because of the way that he played um, uh, on-ball defense. I-, I thought that he was very good at that. On the other side, it was just his offense that was a that was a huge issue. But my guys are in the top five conversation of the most exciting players to watch. Look, number one is Steph. There's no there's no debating it to me. And the thing that's most uh, fascinating about what Steph's been doing this season, he's leading the league in points right now at 28.7. He's putting up 13.3 uh, three-pointers a game, so damn near 14 of them, which is an incredibly high rate. But when you're seeing guys like Trey Young and James Harden struggle because they can't just hurl into defenders anymore and chuck up a three and then hope to get three free throws out of it, Free throw attempts are down throughout the league, but when Steph is one of those guys who's on that list, you can't you can't not put Steph on that list of guys who could have been affected by that new rule from the NBA officials. You can't you can't exempt Steph from that list. He did that all the time, but Steph has still found a way to score and, and managed to work his way around it, as opposed to those two guys who just appear to complain in post-game press conferences about the officiating and the fact that they're too lazy on their calls, whereas everyone else in the league, like Steve Kerr and Draymond, for example, who are saying that this brand of basketball that they got going on right now is more fun to watch. 
that this brand of basketball is more fun to watch. There's harder defense being played. So shout out to Steph. He's my number one. My number two, right now it's John Morant. John Morant has been fantastic this year. He's averaging 28.3 points per game, and he's right up there in the MVP conversation. Because the Grizzlies have been a good team, and the way that they have been rolling through the Western Conference, and John Moran has just been dominating, just a lot of fun to watch. If you get a chance to watch a Grizzlies game, just watch John Morant play. He is fantastic. Number three on my list, and this is kind of an easy one, but it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is just otherworldly. The dude's averaging 28 uh, points a game with 35 minutes on the floor, and that's a guy who wouldn't be affected by the new NBA officiating rule. I I think that KD is still the same old KD. He just needs his depth to back him up, and the Nets can get back on track. And the fact that he's with James Harden, I I I wonder wonder if he's frustrated with Harden. I really do. And just the fact that he's not playing the same way that he's played Hell, it's like one of the few things I've ever been right about as far as my season predictions. One of my season predictions early on in the year was that James Harden was going to take a huge regression, and he has. And I've kind of used his top five lifts just to crap all over James Harden, but you know what? That's what happens. Because he would have been one of my guys up there, but now it seems like this rule has really affected him. So KD is number three on my list. Number four, Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. He put up another 30-plus points last night in the Jazz's win. Donovan Mitchell is just lights out. And, I mean, he can pass, he can handle, he can dunk, he can shoot, he can do it all. He's a quote-unquote five-tool player as a huge in baseball. I love watching Donovan Mitchell play some basketball. I love the fact that he's healthy this year. But number five on my list is LaMelo Ball. It is LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, I know he's not that great at shooting the three. He is trying to play a little bit of hero ball this year. You saw that against the Cavs where he's just putting up shots that don't make sense, trying to go for layups that aren't there. But, man, when he gets going and he gets some momentum, they get a turnover on the other side, they get a rebound, they are very impressive to watch. But it's all headlined by LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo Ball is fantastic. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.